I'm Ebony K. Williams, your attorney at law and host. Welcome to Holding Court, where we analyze the very latest legal headlines everybody's already talking about. We dig into how the courts impact the culture. We break it all down for you, and we go straight from gavel to your news feed. And I promise you this, y'all, every single week, we're going to keep it a buck, keep it 100. Right, Dustin Ross? That's right, Ebony. Let's go ahead and hold court. Let's do it. Okay, fresh off of that Super Bowl, which we will get into in a minute, Dustin Ross, Mm -hmm. um, how was your weekend? How did you think the Super Bowl slash all the performances went? And what do you feel about the snow? Uh, First (laughs) of all, first of all, okay, enough is enough with the damn snow. We've had our moment. We've taken our Instagram (laughs) pictures. We've worn our coats. We've had enough of the snow. I'm good. And was born and raised in it and still don't give a damn. So that's that on that. Um, (laughs) As far as the Super Bowl, I won't say it was that super of a bowl, you know, but it was a good, it was a, a, and something to look at, something to experience. Something Um, to have on in the background. Something to let run in the background while you're cutting up food or cutting up vegetables, doing something else, basically. (laughs) Um, But that was cool. Um, The performances were just what they were. I just had a conversation um, before we started recording about how the weekend just is not the same anymore. You know what I'm saying? He's, right. he's just not. It's not the weekend that we fell in love with. I don't know what the hell that was that we watched, but uh, uh, it was something. Uh, uh, let me say this about that halftime show. Uh, mm-hmm. I generally, I guess you hit the nail on the head and you're the first person I think that I've heard articulated, Dustin. Something has changed about the weekend. Yes. Because when this brother first came on the to the scene, uh, you know, several years ago, mm-hmm. I enjoyed the look, the bops and the sound and it was different mm-hmm. and that falsetto, you know, I'm a massive MJ stan. Yes. So, you know, it was giving me vibes of, uh, you know, the kind of 70s yeah. era, you know, Michael falsetto and I was here for it. Mm-hmm. Something is amiss with the weekend it has changed the songs the vibes the his look. whole presentation the look and i'm i'm not here for it i didn't enjoy that that halftime show at all i and didn't enjoy it either my friend said it looked like when the the popcorn and the drinks are dancing at the beginning of an amc theaters film yeah and they have the uh, the be please be quiet yeah. uh, <laughs> montage it was an animation that's what yeah. it looked like yeah yeah it was it was weird um what i did enjoy though more than i thought i would was her and i love her i'm just mm-hmm. not a massive fan of the song america the beautiful is like whatever to me right um, but i really loved her interpretation of it like yeah. that rock soul R&B like that was that was a vibe I really appreciated that and I know a lot of mixed feelings are about this Jasmine Sullivan duet um mm-hmm. with I think Eric Church maybe don't mm-hmm. get me wrong mm-hmm. um I did enjoy it I mean mm-hmm. Jasmine Sullivan is always gonna win um yeah. I she also looked beautiful I appreciated uh the beautiful headpiece yes. and the white pantsuit yes and I and I thought she sounded she sounded fantastic so. she sounded incredible and we're gonna take whatever Jasmine Sullivan whatever is one of those she artists. gives us, yeah we're gonna, we're gonna take, take whatever it. she gives us yeah. so even if we had to tune out one ear and listen with the other <laughs> ear you know we we did it and she looked gorgeous you're right Ebony she did she looked beautiful um they also could have kept that game um, oh I just wasn't God. here for it. I thought it was wax sauce. Um, and I, I want to say this on the podcast because, oh, actually, I did go into it last week. I'm like, I'm still getting like DMs like, oh, I didn't know you were a Brady fan. I'm not a fucking Tom mm-hmm. Brady fan. What I said was, and I'll say it again, mm-hmm. at this point, you can't take this man's skill set away from him. Okay. Exactly. It is, especially now, seven Super Bowl rings. Siete. You've been to the Super Bowl 10 times and you won seven of them. 
That's crazy. Come on now. And we're not haters. So like you have to get. I'm not a hater. Exactly. Like it just is what it is. I mean, it's not just disputable. I mean, it's an objective statement. Um, But I definitely didn't want his ass to win. You know, like. (laughs) We talked about that last week. We talked about the rules. We broke that down so beautifully. Everybody know the Super Bowl rules. Yeah. (laughs) Black quarterback, black black coach, black Black coach's wife. Hello. (laughs) Like that's what it is. So, you know, the vibes. So, um, you know, I hated to see young Pat Mahomes go out like that, but he's young. He'll be back to many more Super Bowls, yeah. I'm sure. Plenty um, of time. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. So so that, that was that. Um, all right. Good weekend overall, Dustin. But I think it's time for us to get into our docket. Let's go. Let's do it. First up on the docket, this, this story riddle, really rattled me. And I wanted to break it down so people really understand what's going on here, Dustin. Because mm-hmm. it can look on its face really quite appalling. And in mm-hmm. many ways it is. So this is two black cops. This is important here. Two black law enforcement members, Ivory Streeter and Mark Garner. Uh, everybody saw this happened in Atlanta uh, just a couple months ago. They were fired after it went viral that they were tasing two young black students, university mm-hmm. students, um, from a car. And it went viral. And they were both officers were immediately fired after Mayor, Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. Yes. And then black female police chief Erica Shields decided that the officers had used excessive force and they must be immediately terminated. And that happened. And generally, Dustin, everybody was very happy to see it mm-hmm. um, because that felt like accountability. Right. Which is the in this whole conversation. <laughs> For right. Once. Yeah. That's what's been missing when yeah. it comes to law enforcement. Um, whether black or white, really, right? Yeah, it's like that, for sure. That, that blue bad shit goes yeah. too far. And yeah. we've not seen accountability. And in this Atlanta case, it looked like for a minute there was going to be some. These officers were immediately fired. What we know, breaking news, both officers have been reinstated. Okay? Now, how in the hell did that happen? How did that happen? That's a brilliant question. Dustin, I'm going to tell you how it happened. Who in it the hell did... left the gate open, Ebony? Well, it might shock you who left the gate open. You know who mm-hmm. left the gate open? The Citizens Review Board. Mm -hmm. What? Yeah. The Civil Service Review Board, and this is made up of of citizens of the community that are five residents recommended by the mayor and confirmed by the city council. And I want to just slow this down because in a lot of this police reform legislation that I know I'm working on and a lot of great groups are working on, this type of entity, these uh, citizen review boards and civil service boards, Mm -hmm. it's a part of the legislative uh, suggestion. Okay. You know, the, the thinking is these types of review boards will bring more police accountability. So I just mm-hmm. want to put that out there, Dustin, that that's the design mechanism of these boards. Atlanta has one. Okay. A- approved, recommended by the mayor and confirmed by city council. It was that board, Dustin, that said that these two officers did not receive due process because uh, upon the video going viral of their tasing and alleged uh, wrongful, uh, aggressive behavior towards these citizens and then them being terminated, there was not notice. Uh, I'll give you the quote that the, the review board said. They said this, Dustin, generally an employee should be given 10 days between the notice of a proposed adverse action, in this case, the firing, uh, as its effective date. And the Silver Service Board said in its order. That's what they said. Going on, they said, mm-hmm, this is the official statement. The Civil Service Board has reversed the terminations of Investigator Mark Garner, Investigator Ivory Streeter, but only on the basis that they were not done in accordance with the Atlanta City Code. It is important to note uh, that the Civil Service Board did not, did not make a determination as to whether the investigators violated Atlanta Police Department policy. So basically in short, that's supposed saying, to make it feel better. Or right. Something. Right. That's, that's the gloss. Of, but, 
but I got to be objective here, Dustin. Like okay. I'm pissed as a as a as a person. Yeah, I'm pissed. As a lawyer, it makes sense. Okay, right. So okay. as a person, the fuck. You know, we all saw the tape. This was clearly an abuse of power. This is clearly excessive force, and they should have been terminated. But we do have this thing in our society, right, called due process. Due process. That, that does require notice and the ability to answer to the allegation. And then when people skip the process, Dustin, this is the bullshit that happens. Damn. When, you, when you skip the process, what is probably otherwise an appropriate action is undermined. In this case, the terminating of these two aggressive ass, wrongdoing ass officers is now being undermined because the process wasn't followed. I want to know who was on that CSB. Right, I want to know. They said, I want to know because they <laughs> said it was residents recommended by the mayor yeah. and confirmed by the council. There's a tie there somewhere mm. because if these people were put in place to bring accountability to police officers who create, who commit rather crimes like that, because that's a crime, right, Ebony? Of course. Yeah. And, okay. they're, and they're still facing charges. You're correct. Right. So yeah. like, so there's a disconnect mm. somewhere in there or either there may be too much of a connect now Ebony you know I always think somebody you're fucking somebody I, I told you who, you they, are, who they fucking you, you somebody on the CSB fucking a cop Dustin Ross bedroom conspiracy <laughs> theory who's fucking who to make shit go away this you don't are, this don't make this ain't adding up it's you know you make a good point right like how does a board that ha- goes through a vetting process Oh, c- conveniently skip a due process. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's suspicious. Mm. What, what what is important here, though, is that both officers are still facing criminal charges of assault, um, and they are both being sued. Um, excuse me, both officers sued the city, and they are also simultaneously facing criminal charges of assault. Um, mm. So, you know, we will continue to follow this on holding court, and and I, and I want to say this too as we wrap this up: don't think that they will not be reterminated. Just right. because they've been reinstated because this this due process gap took place here, that does not mean that they are there to stay. It right. is, okay. Actually, in all likelihood, especially if they are found guilty or in any way liable, they will they will then be re terminated. So that's, that's probably what will happen there. Um, going on to some not so perfect news. Uh, this damn Kyle Rittenhouse. For those that forget, <sighs> this this is that little seventeen year old terrorist, uh, domestic terrorist that they rolled up out of state, uh, in um, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and ended up shooting and killing two individuals as they were protesting, um, in in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, it is alleged that Kyle Rittenhouse uh, crossed state lines with an illegal AR fifteen style rifle. Uh, his mother was in the car with him. It was just really awful and messy. Um, so again, Kyle Rittenhouse being charged with two counts of murder. Uh, many of us, me included, Dustin, you included, Dustin, yes. were uh, pissed the hell off and really annoyed and frustrated that Kyle was even given a release, pre-trial yes. release. Because a lot of times, I'm going to tell you, in these kind of murders, especially a double murder, double murder uh, people on trial don't even get pre-trial release. So the mm-hmm. fact that Kyle Rittenhouse was able to get a bond uh, and make that bond, kind of disgusting. Very disgusting. And then Kyle Rittenhouse and his team had the uh, the gall, the audacity to violate the release terms. How did he do that? He has not let the state know where he currently resides. Okay. Now that's a part of his pretrial release is that he has to have a documented address so they can check in on him, make sure he's where he's supposed to be. Apparently, Dustin, he moved back in December, allegedly his lawyers say because he was getting death threats to that address. And, but here's the problem. 
fine, move. You have to let the new address be known to the prosecution and the legal Duh. team. They you did not do that. Go off the grid. Yeah, he's just bounced. Where the hell is he? Why is Where he is on the ankle monitor, Ebony? Well, that's a good question. Um, I believe his pretrial release was erroneous. I believe he should at least be on an ankle monitor. I believe he, sh- first of all, shouldn't be released. And if he is going to be at least an ankle monitor at all times. Um, the fact that he does not, I'm going to tell you why. Two reasons. He's a young, he's a quote, young white boy. One, That's the only yeah. reason. If this even, let's, let's get, you know, even if he was a 36 year old white man, mm-hmm. I believe he would have an ankle bracelet on. Mm-hmm. I believe that there is this erroneous thought with some of these young uh, killers that they are somehow less dangerous. That's <laughs> Last incredible. I checked, when you put an AR-15 in somebody's hand, they're as dangerous at 17 as they are at 55. Even more dangerous because you're mm-hmm. you're young and, and you got more energy. And, yeah, even more dangerous. Wow, watch the whiteness work. Watch the whiteness work, and in this case, also that youth, which is just some bullshit. So uh, that's what's going on with him right now. He is uh, the, the the prosecutors are seeking a new arrest warrant for Kyle Good. Rittenhouse because he has violated uh, the conditions of his pretrial release. Some breaking news over the weekend, um, and there were a couple things. We talked about it a bit on last week's episode of Holding Court. Uh, these accusations, the very egregious accusations, Dustin, mm-hmm. against T.I. and Tiny. Um, very, very, very damning sexual allegations. Very, very deep. And as we talked about, and you said, Dustin, if you listen to the streets of Atlanta, this is not new. These are not new allegations. Yeah. Um, this has been swirling around TI and tiny for over 10 years. And we know this kind of came to a head in this moment because depending on who you ask family, friend or adversary, Sabrina Peterson mm-hmm. went on Instagram and talked about how TI allegedly held a gun to her head at some point. And then she went on to talk about all of these other victims. Then since then <clears throat> over 30 different girls and women, Dustin have come out with various allegations. One of them is now represented by Lisa Bloom. Now, who is Lisa Bloom? Lisa Bloom is a very well-known trial attorney in the space, particularly of rape and sexual abuse and Me Too movement. She happens to also be the daughter of Gloria Alred, okay, mm-hmm. who is pretty much the grand dame of these types of cases. But Lisa Bloom, uh, this is what she tweeted out, and then I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Lisa Bloom. So Lisa Bloom tweeted out just uh, last week, good Lord, so many accusers, and now I represent one of them. That's how the world found out that Lisa Bloom is now involved in this case, um, or these potential cases against T.I. and Tiny. Because I do want to be clear, and you asked really great questions last week about this, Dustin. As we sit here today having this conversation, no criminal charges have been bought against T.I. nor Tiny. What is absolutely happening? Investigation is ongoing. Mm-hmm. Investigation is happening. They are collecting witness statements and other various forms of evidence that may or may not exist. And then the prosecutors will decide if they have enough evidence to move forward with an arrest. That mm-hmm. is exactly what's happening right now. In the meantime, Lisa Bloom is trying. She's she's put out tweets um, and on her social media case. She's saying, uh, and this was on Instagram, She's trying to help solicit this evidence that would be required to bring charges. Lisa Uh. Bloom says, "Mm -hmm. investigating T.I. on behalf of our new client. We stand with her. If you have information about T.I., please contact me via my law firm website, thebloomfirm.com, or DM me. 
Free and confidential. Okay, thank you, Lisa. Anyways, <laughs> help us get to the truth. I have said this for a long time. The music industry is long overdue for a reckoning of how women, especially black women, are demeaned and abused. Enough is enough. Now, that statement on its face sounds very good, right? Mm. Here's where we have to indict Lisa Bloom and her credibility on Come this Come on issue. with it. I was right? waiting on this, Ebony. Come I mean, we just got to... We just said, you know, we're going to keep it real. We always keep it a buck. That's right. Credit where credit is due and scrutiny where scrutiny is due, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Lisa Bloom, like most lawyers, is paid to argue a particular side of the argument. So now she's being paid by these TI um, accusers, which very well might be accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's really taking the position of believe women, believe black women, la di da di da di da Okay, so here's the tea on Lisa Bloom um, on this part, Dustin. Now, these two New York Times reporters, uh, Jody Cantor and Megan Tooley, okay? Mm-hmm. They're two New York Times reporters, and they wrote the book She Said, which is all about the Weinstein allegations and the story and what have you. Those two reporters uncovered a memo that was sent from Lisa Bloom to Harvey Weinstein. And in that memo, this is what Lisa Bloom says. Harvey. It was a treat, not a motherfucking treat. treat. It was a treat to speak with you today. Though, yes, we'd all prefer better circumstances. I've spent the rest of the day reading Jack and Sarah's thorough reports about Rose. That's Rose McGowan. Mm -hmm. Truly, who truly comes across as a disturbed, pathological liar and also your former assistant who seems to be less of a concern. I feel, this is Lisa Bloom talking, Dustin. I feel equipped to help you against the roses of the world. Because I have represented so many of them. They start out as impressive, bold women, but the more one presses for evidence, the weaknesses and lies are revealed. Clearly, she must be stopped in her ridiculous, defamatory attacks on you. End Mm. quote. Mm. So Mm. what this tells me is that Lisa Bloom is like most other lawyers. Okay, she's going to argue whatever side she's being paid to argue at that particular time. So and I I think this is important in this whole Me Too movement, uh, Dustin, is for people to realize that this is why you have to let the evidence come out. And this is why you have to make your assessment, not on the lawyers, not on the this or the that, on the fucking evidence. You have to. Because Lisa Bloom, in this statement to Harvey Weinstein, is clearly saying Everything that T.I.'s lawyers and Tiny's lawyers are going to say on their behalf. That's the first thing the, the, the defense lawyer does, Dustin. Attack, tear apart the credibility of the complaining witness. Yeah. She's a liar. She wanted it. She consented. She's not to be believed. That's the go-to shit. Now, Lisa Bloom, you can't have it both ways, baby. You can't say that r- the roses of the world that accused Harvey Weinstein are a piece of shit. But, oh... These black women that are accusing T.I. are to be revered and believed. Which one is it? Which one is it? And furthermore, when have you become this advocate for protecting black women? Because you don't even win cases for black women. I, when, I, when I saw her name attached to this um, and to one of the alleged victims, I got nervous. I'm like, well, this mm. doesn't necessarily bring credibility or legitimacy to these claims or to any of these accusations because she's a fucking ambulance chaser. Let's just call it yeah. what it is, you know? And mm. every time you see her name, it's attached to something that I personally feel she's so motivated. Good. Yeah, she's motivated by the attention and her name being attached to it. I don't, you know, look at Lisa Bloom as a credible um, attorney. I, 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 I don't. I'm well, I, you're not alone. And I got to tell you, I've... It's been some years, but I used to do, excuse me, Dr. Drew and shit like that with Lisa Bloom. Mm-hmm. And she's, you know, she's she's 
what you said, you know, she's she's definitely chasing cases. Um, she's definitely thirsty. She's definitely all about the publicity. And I agree with you. When I saw her name attached, now if I'd seen Lisa, what's funny, Dustin, if I'd seen Lisa Bloom's name attached to a case like this seven years ago, Big I would have said, oh, good. I would have been like, oh, good. You know, they got somebody with some resources. Because I will say you do need that. And mm-hmm. this is for, important for any um, victim that is listening to this conversation right now. If and when you go find legal counsel to represent your case, criminal or, um, well, criminal would be your prosecutors, but civil especially, make sure you hire a lawyer that's got some uh, ability to investigate on your behalf so they can be able to sure up your credibility as a mm-hmm. complaining witness and fend off the attacks, which inevitably will come from the defense. Mm-hmm. So seven years ago, Lisa Bloom on the case, okay, I'm here for it. Now, nah, bitch, because mm-hmm. you have too many instances. Um, I know she represented Black China in a civil case, and, and those cases, um, they don't end up well for the women she represents. You know, no. they are not favorable outcomes. So I can't say that I'm happy to see her involved with this T.I. and Tiny case on any capacity. Wasn't she um, connected to NeNe Leakes' recent allegations against... Um, the Bravo? people that shoot, yeah, Bravo and the production company. I think production Nini company. had, yeah, yeah. Nini had I, retained her as well, right? I think so, and that's another thing. Like, listen, there you is never such heard a thing anything else. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and it's also, you know, Lisa, what you doing? You know, what 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 area of law are you an expert in? Because you know, this is you, you know, you're doing the sexual assaults, you're doing the rapes, you're doing the Me Too claims. Now you're over here, you know, dealing with entertainment law, right? You know, kind of Lisa, figure out uh, wh- 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 where are you strong, Lisa? Because you can't Lisa. clearly you're not Lisa, Lisa, baby, <laughs> yeah. not strong everywhere. So figure out where you can be of actual help to these uh these clients. I'd rather have Lisa Landry from uh, <laughs> oh, Sister yeah. Sister. I'm done with you. <laughs> yeah, you on one? I can tell. Okay, so um, woo, baby. Following up on last week's episode entitled "The NFL Ain't Shit," here's mm-hmm. another um uh, an additional note. Uh, we talked about Chad Wheeler, the former Seattle Seahawks player who it took the NFL and the Seahawks way too long to cut this man from the team yeah. and, and get him out of the league after horrendous allegations, Dustin. I mean, you saw and the pictures. photos, yeah. And those photos, right, of this young uh, black woman. We only know her first name because of, you know, uh, protective laws to protect mm-hmm. her identity. Uh, Aaliyah is her name that they're, that they're giving us. I mean, he really almost killed this young woman. If you see the photos, she is bleeding. She is bruised. She is. She at oh, one yeah. point was unconscious. Um, and and after all of that, yes, he finally was arrested. And then he was also, like Kyle Rittenhouse's ass, released on bond, pre-trial yeah. release, to the tune of, I think, $400,000, which, you know, is a drop in the bucket for an NFL player like him. Mm-hmm. So he gets out. He does have a bracelet, an ankle monitor bracelet, Dustin, which Kyle Rittenhouse ass should have also. But even still, you know, Aaliyah doesn't feel safe, and nor should she. This yeah. is her quote uh, to KOMO News, Dustin. She says this, I want you to know that I believe as long as Chad Wheeler is not in custody, I am not safe. That's how you Ch- open it up. Period. Chad never called the police after the assault, even though he thought I was dead. And now Chad is out of custody, staying in a hotel, watching this all play out on social media. The current status places my safety at risk, and I do not believe that a protective order, which is a piece of paper, or a condition of release is sufficient to keep me safe. 
Dustin, I'm very, very concerned for this young woman. Me too. And I'm so happy that she made such a direct and clear statement. Um, if you're going to say how you feel, don't sugarcoat it. Really state the facts so that people can understand the position that you are in and get you the help that you need or, or, or speed things up or whatever can be done. That's a cry for help. It That's is. That's what that is. Well, she's letting everybody know, including the judge in this case, right? On the front end. I don't feel safe. I know this man. I've dealt with this man. That piece of paper known as a protective order is not going to do shit to keep me safe, you know? And that's reality. And I want to say that this is also the fault of the way the statutes are written and the way the law works in this case. I've seen it. Justin, I used to do domestic violence law Mm -hmm. Um, as a public defender. I represented the Chad Wheelers of the world. Mm -hmm. And I do know for a fact those protective orders rarely do mean shit Mm -hmm. because when these Men or women who are perpetrators of violence against their partners, normally there is a couple things going on in addition to their rage and just um, uncontrollable behavior. There is normally a subsidiary of a mental health condition. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, they're not, if you are dealing with a, a, a manic episode, you're not in the middle of that going to say, oh, but you know what? I got that order. The right. same. I, that's not what's going to happen. It's not. You know? And so it's only once there's blood on the hands of the people involved, and sadly, this young lady is further hurt or even killed, mm-hmm. that people want to recognize the problem. Yeah, this is not good. This is not good. This is not good. Um, again, he at least was was mandated to stay in Washington State. His ass, Chad's ass, was trying to go to Hawaii. See what um, I mean? You know, crazy. Talk about a flight risk. You know what I mean? Um, so he was mandated to stay in Washington State. He does have that ankle monitoring device on. Uh, at the That's the very least they could do around this pretrial release. But I really, my heart goes out to this sister um, because I, I know, I, not from personal experience, but I do, well, I know from professional experience. Yes, yes. Um, the risk the risk in which she must feel. And she's right. And she's right to feel it. Uh, Chad Wheeler will be back in court um, for February 11th for another hearing. And then his trial will start April 6th. Man, God bless her. I'm wishing, you know, so much safety, sending prayers for safety to her because that is crazy. That is absolutely um, horrific. Um, listen, we've got more holding court coming up uh, on the way. We're going to take a quick break, pay some bills, and we'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to Holding Court. Uh, Dustin, we're going to kick things off here with a little bit more docket. Trump. Oh, it's your boy. Trump is actually not. Now, we know that this week will start uh, the second of Trump's um, impeachment trials. Okay, he has already been impeached for a second time by the House of Representatives. Now he will stand his second impeachment trial in the United States Senate. Uh, I just just reminded folks, Dustin, he is the first American president to do this shit twice. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. not a cute record, Trump. Legal scholars, Dustin, even conservative ones are saying that it is totally constitutional to try a former president. There was some outstanding legal question. Looks like that's going to pass muster. Trump's ass will be tried Good. in the United States Senate this week. Um, it's expected to be a quick trial. Uh, for those that are under a rock, remember, he's being impeached this time um, for, for one simple charge. And it's a big one. The incitement of an insurrection, of course, his role in leading, instigating and designing an incitement of white supremacists who mobbed, attacked and tried to overthrow the United States Capitol on January 6th. Yep. Uh, What we do know is this, Dustin, the trial will take place this week. Trump's lawyers are already saying that he will not be making any statement nor testifying. Oh, so 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 the person who couldn't shut up. 
right? The right. motherfucker who we were sick of hearing what he had to say. Now you want to go mute? Mm-hmm. Now you want to be silent? No, nah, motherfucker, you going to talk. <laughs> talk that talk. Well, he's, he's uh, you know, not surprisingly, right? Like, it, it very rarely and it, it does a defendant testify, right? Now, I do want, and, and I, you know, I can't stand Trump's ass, so this right, is in right. no way a defense of Trump, but I do want to say this. Mm-hmm. Um, the impeachment manager, this is Congressman Jamie Raskin, who's a Democrat from Maryland, says this. Um, all of this is, is, is um, we, we will prove at trial, rather, that President Trump's conduct was indefensible. His immediate refusal to testify speaks volumes and plainly establishes an adverse inference supporting his guilt. Now, I got to call flag on the play on that shit. Okay. Here's the reality. Now, we know Trump's ass in this case is guilty because we saw we saw the shit. We heard him. Um, that's that's that. But for for Jamie Raskin to imply that any defendant that chooses not to testify against one's own interest uh, is therefore guilty. Nah, nah, I'm not going with that. It's that's a reason. We have, yeah, it's a reason we have a Fifth Amendment right uh, to 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 silence rather, um, and uh, and a right to not incriminate oneself. Uh, and I think it's a very dangerous precedent, Dustin Ross, if we sat out there and say any t- anytime someone chooses not to testify in their own defense, we are to presume them guilty. No, I'm not, I'm not riding with that. I'm not riding with that at no. all. Um, because there's a lot of different reasons that someone might choose not to testify. Again, I'm not talking about Trump's ass. I'm talking about in the broader landscape of criminal work, criminal justice system, uh, you know, it really oftentimes is in the best interest of the defendant, even an innocent defendant, to not get on that stand. Because when you get on that stand, what happens is you don't just tell your story. That would be cute. What happens is you get on the stand, you tell your story, and then you're opened up to cross-examination. And when that prosecutor or the other side of that trial comes with that cross, you don't have any protection. Okay? And that is why often, Dustin, you will see uh, even innocent defendants not choosing to take the stand because they are not trying to open themselves up to that level of cross examination. So, um, hmm. that said, we knew Trump's ass wasn't gonna say shit. Um, right. And he doesn't really need to because his testimony is already on the record books, baby. Mm-hmm. That rally he held before yeah. January 6th when he told folks exactly what to do and how to do it, that's his test. That's the only testimony we need from Trump. That's it. So hopefully that that goes as far as it needs to go. And I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing a conviction. <laughs> exactly. Now, I do want to level set expectations. Are we okay. actually going to see a conviction? Probably not. Let me tell you why. In order for Trump to be convicted by this Senate, 17 Republican senators, senators Dustin, would have to break ranks with their party and vote to convict Trump. I don't do see that. it happening. I don't see it happening. But... All is not lost. My legal analysis tells me, and it's being reported, that the, 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 the part of this that says that Trump would not be able to hold elected office again, mm-hmm. it's actually not tethered to the Constitution in that same way. So it doesn't require that level of kind of supermajority um, of, of Republican senators to break rank. It needs a simple majority. So if only one Republican Senator, which I believe at least one, because I think five or I think actually 10 Republican congressmen and women voted to impeach Trump. Mm -hmm. So we we see some Republicans are willing to break rank. Mm -hmm. I think we can get one in the Senate. That will be enough to keep him from holding office again. And for me, Dustin, yeah, that's the most important part of this um, impeachment trial. Yeah, because in any if he can listen. 
he's done such a, a great job, actually, of of marring and, and tainting his his legacy, if you want to call it that, that he'll forever be remembered as the worst president ever in American history. And exactly. as long as we don't have to deal with his ass again, good. I'm, I'm happy with that. Part. Yes. Yeah, I concur. I concur. So um, I'm just holding my breath to see if we can get at least one Republican senator to have the fucking courage um, mm. to break rank and... This is an opportunity for all these wannabe, sometime woke Republican ass senators. I'm right. looking at you, Mitt Romney. I'm right. looking at you, Susan Collins. Right. I'm looking at you. Uh, you know what I mean? Come on. This, this is an easy one. This is a layup. Okay. Go ahead and do the right thing so we don't have to see his ass in office anymore. Anymore. Okay. Now, listen, we're going to take one more quick break. And when we come back, we're getting into uh, the latest legal developments of R. Kelly. This motherfucker, he's going to be on the docket a whole lot upcoming this year. We've got much more holding court. So stay with us. Okay, welcome back to Holding Court. Uh, as promised, we're going to get into the R. Kelly of it all. Mm. Now, this is really the first time, I believe, Dustin Ross, that we're getting into R. Kelly on this particular show. Yes. It will not be the last because R. Kelly right now is scheduled this fall to have yet another trial. Getting into all of the alleged uh, devastation that this man has caused several young women and their families. And we're mm. going to be covering that shit gavel to gavel. But as a precursor, one of R. Kelly's associates, a man by the name of Richard Arline Jr., has just pleaded guilty to um, to bribing mm-hmm. a witness not to testify. Now, this is um, a pretty big deal, actually, Dustin, because I, I believe that the prosecutors are going to be doing this fall when they take R. Kelly back to trial on, on these charges is really trying to lay the coursework for a conspiracy. Right. What we do know is R. Kelly did not do this shit alone. You know, if, if, if the allegations are true. I believe they are. Mm-hmm. Um, he did not do this without help. He did not do this without co-conspirators. Yes. And, and what we know now is one of these alleged co-conspirators, um, uh, a so-called associate or assistant, Richard Arline Jr., he's admitting it, Dustin. He's saying that he did offer uh, an unnamed young woman uh, the tune of $500,000. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's half a million dollars for her to not testify, for her to be quiet because prosecutors were trying to get her to speak because they believe she had an inappropriate and illegal relationship with R. Kelly because she was under the age of consent. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So this is wild, right? This is wild. Um, So much here. So much here. And I mean, this is, this is though how prosecutors build a successful case against R. Kelly. It has to take one, two, three, the dominoes will start to fall. And that's okay. what we're seeing here, Dustin. This is probably the first of many dominoes starting to fall here when Richard says this, quote, me and another person offered Jane Doe money for her not to go forward with her complaint or testimony against Robert Kelly. Again, he's admitting this uh, during a virtual hearing in a Brooklyn federal court. He then admits, I know uh, that what I did was wrong. Um, wow. You know, can't say I'm shocked. Dustin, but get ready for more of this because this is showing me that the prosecutors must be doing something right in these interrogation rooms mm-hmm. that is making these people crack. And now people are starting to talk. That's what I was just thinking as I was reading this and you said, get ready for more of this. Mm-hmm. It only takes, you know, a certain number of people to feel that pressure for them to break and start mm-hmm. to talk and tell and share mm-hmm. and, and expose um, and when you couple that with people's own personal experiences, because anything, anytime somebody works as closely with a person who's accused of some of the things that R. Kelly is accused of doing, 
they felt that same sort of uh, sense of control from them that they've been, yes. you know, under that guy's that domination. Well. Yeah, that domination. Yeah, so they usually have a personal vendetta. You know, it's probably some shit he been mad about. You right. know what you I know mean? What? And, right. Yeah, and so we're going to hear it's going to be more right. of that. I think, unfortunately, fortunately, though, if it's yeah. closer to the to the truth and justice and to a conviction. So, yeah. yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, and so he's <laughs> this is crazy under um, law enforcement advice, and and one of the reasons that also Richard Arline Jr. needed to go ahead and just tell the damn truth. Yeah, he was on. He was recorded. They had mm-hmm. his ass on tape. Mm-hmm. Um, the young lady, um, known as Jane Doe. Uh, was working with law enforcement. She was what we call a cooperating witness. Mm. You know, and if you go back to earlier episodes of Holding Court, Dustin, I talked about how when you are a victim, you always have a choice. And this yes, is, you know, you it's did. always up to victims to have a choice. And I'm, I am never going to shame a victim if they choose for whatever reasons not to cooperate. But just know that when you do choose to cooperate, and you really are on this justice path, you put yourself in a much better position. Mm. Because of this young lady's cooperation, her her willingness to wear a wire, to record this man, admit to offering her that half a million dollars, that's what got him to roll. That's what got him to plead guilty. And this is why we are on a better track to have justice around R. Kelly. This yeah. is the power, Dustin, of a cooperating witness. Yeah. Wow. Interesting to see this. It's going to be interesting to watch this play out. Yeah. Yeah. This will play out again this fall. You know, here holding court, we're going to be all over this shit, like white on rice. All from over gavel, it, From jury selection, opening statements, um, every single witness testifying, cross-examination, and then some. And, and I'm just going to go ahead and predict R. Kelly is not going to take the stand. Really? No. No, I think R. Kelly's team, if they have half of a brain cell between the, the, the team, and I believe that they will, they will strongly advise him not to. Listen, we saw what happened in the, the Gail King interview, right? And yes. that's a perfect example of exa- that times a thousand is what will happen if Robert Kelly takes that stand. He is a man that has no self-control. He is a man that clearly has um, a mental um, disorder where he believes he is, in fact, the victim in this case. Now, mm. this is deep. I was having this conversation the other day, Dustin, with somebody that talked about oftentimes we see perpetrators of abuse and violence who do come from a background of victimization themselves. And we know now, because we know more, that yes, R. Kelly absolutely was a victim um, in his own right as a child, as a young boy growing up. But at some point, the law requires you as as an adult to step out of your own victimhood and be accountable for the choices you make as an adult. Clearly. Clearly. And so for those reasons, don't expect R. Kelly to be testifying um, in his defense. Now, what's crazy, though, it is his decision. I want to be clear. How the law works is your lawyers advise you, but it is up to the defendant and only the defendant as to whether or not they take the stand. Um, so we'll see how crazy R. Kelly is, I guess is what I'm really saying. Because if his ass gets on that stand. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. And it's deeper than any of us ever thought. It is a wrap. Wow, Ebony. This is so crazy. I always wonder how this case would end up because there's so many different ways that this could go. And and this thing really hasn't been defined um, 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 exclusively as this is what R. Kelly did and this is what he's going to get into trouble for. There's so many different accusations, so many different things going on. Um, So I've I've been quite curious, curious rather, to see how this was going to turn out. So we're getting Yeah, well, listen, he's got a lot of different charges. He's got charges... um, 
you know, we know that he was originally acquitted of his criminal charges in Chicago. Mm -hmm. He has currently criminal charges in New York. And I want to say Atlanta, you know, um, and maybe Minnesota. I mean, he's got a lot of different set of charges. I think the first trial is going to be this New York trial. Again, we're going to cover everything. We're going to break it down so people get it clearly, Dustin. Yes, we are. Kelly, it's a lot of shit going on and we just got to watch it closely. We're going to wrap today's show with a, with a, I want to say it's a kind of a cute story, but I am going to give people some tea around it. So this has gone viral. I'm sure, I know you've seen it, Dustin. A very, very beautiful judge by the name of Tabitha Black. (laughs) Yes, Uh, I have seen this. This sister is, yeah, this is like an arraignment court and she's, she's, you know, reading off these charges. That's what you do in arraignment court. And this, this brother comes, comes to the bench uh, Mr. Lewis, okay, <laughs> and it was a hot mess. Uh, basically, judge is doing her job. She's in her robe. She's handling business. Yeah. Mr. Lewis gonna come up to the to the bench. Uh, judge, you is so gorgeous. <laughs> you is so gorgeous, Judge. You're gorgeous. I love you. I love you. And then Judge Blackman's like, um, all right. She's really cute with it, you know. All right, mm-hmm. Mr. Lewis. She, you know, she's smiling. All right, Mr. Lewis. Flattery, flattery will get you everywhere, but maybe not today. You are charged <laughs> with <laughs> battery. Okay. Um, and she ran down them damn charges like she was supposed to. Uh, important to know here that Lewis was released um, back in 2019 after serving four years. He did a four-year bid for aggravated battery with a deadly weapon. Um, and Judge Blackman at this arraignment did hold him, uh, excuse me, did order him to be held on $5,000 bail. Mm-hmm. Um, what I wanted to talk to you about, Dustin, was the level of appropriateness versus inappropriateness of when when a civilian is engaging with a judge. Mm-hmm. Now, Judges are people. So in this case, this went totally fine for this Mr. Lewis guy. But I'm going to tell you, you know, I've seen judges that you run up on the right one and you hit them with this, you so gorgeous on all this shit. You just off that, you could be held in contempt of court. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because a judge could feel that you are trying to manipulate. Not you taking are it seriously. Not take it seriously. You think this shit is a game. Um, and before you even get started in your criminal process, you've already, exactly. That's exactly it. So, um, yeah, I thought about you as soon as I saw that headline. Um, and I, I just wondered what your experience was like when you did work in that environment. Um, and, and we're engaging firsthand, you know, with people who are a part of the system like that. And we all know you're beautiful, Ebony. And I just wondered if, if, you know, inmates would ever, or I guess people on trial would ever like, you know, t- try to use those tactics when dealing with you. I'm sure you had experiences during your time. You know, I did, you know, you know, I'm, I'm spicy though, doesn't mm-hmm. it? So, so it's, can, yeah, I, I, I already know. know. I, I already but, know. But, so here's what it would be, right? First of all, you have to remember, also I was a lot younger. I started tr- practicing law at 23. Okay. So this is me at 37. Imagine mm-hmm. me at 23, but still spicy. So mm-hmm. I would go into one of the first things you do, especially as a, as a criminal defense lawyer. Is sadly, one of the first times I met most of my clients was in jail. Mm-hmm. So you go do a jail visit. And, you know, I, I miss Pretty Powerful, right? I literally wrote mm-hmm. the book about the importance of showing up, looking the part. So even when I was a young public defender, I showed up looking like Black Lawyer Barbie. Because yes. that's what I felt was in the best interest of my clients. Yes. So many of them, when they would first see I was their legal counsel, I, I would normally get two reactions, Dustin. One <laughs> would be, praise him. Yeah, my lawyer's fine. Da, 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 da. But surprisingly, the other one was anger. Mm-hmm. 
Because really? they felt, yes, because they're like, oh, who is this Barbie bitch? You know, and she's not going to be taken seriously. And now I'm really fucked. Wow. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, and then we'd get in court and, you know, I did the damn thing. And now, oh, Miss Williams, Miss Williams, I'm so sorry. Yeah. You know, I should uh, save it, brother. But yeah. um, it's an interesting thing being a woman in the courtroom. It's an interesting thing being a woman in criminal law in particular and being, uh, you know, an attractive woman. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it adds a nuance. But I'll say this. I think it generally worked in my favor because probably much. I know this is true for this sister tab at the black man. Because if you look and see the video, she's a beautiful woman. She looks like a young woman. So yeah. that's the other thing. The beauty and the youth. Mm -hmm. You put those together and you're practicing or in her case, even elevated to the level of judge, which is the ultimate authority in the courtroom. Mm -hmm. People are going to do what? Underestimate you. Yeah. But here's the good news in that. For me, at least, Dustin, I love to be underestimated. Please mm -hmm. underestimate me all day because you know what you do it to? Your peril. That's right. Your peril. And I'm sure that's exactly how Tabitha Blackman, Judge Tabitha Blackman, got to, to her ascension is because she has probably spent her entire legal career being underestimated and, yeah. and, and, and brushed to the side. And, oh, she's just a little cute thing. And this bitch is probably about, not probably. I saw it the way she handled his, this arraignment. Oh, she's about her business. Total pro. Total pro. Total and, and pro. those experiences do nothing but sharpen your blade. They exactly. make you more and more sharp in that space. So I totally, totally feel the same way about her. I was very impressed, actually. Very impressed. And she's um probably been hearing that shit since law school. Mm -hmm. So she that's not new to her. She's been told she was probably born beautiful. She's going to die beautiful. Mr. Lewis, you were not the first nor the last to give me a compliment. Yo ass mm -hmm. is being held for 5000 Next case. Mm -hmm. um, period. <laughs> period. Okay. With a T. So... But I did want to bring it up <clears throat> because I do want people to know, while in this case it was cute and funny and made for a little viral moment, it could go the other way. Yeah. You could have a judge um, that just is not with the shits um, and takes themselves much, much more seriously, perhaps. And you could end up with a... Um, um, a harsher, you know, consequence and an immediate you, yeah. consequence, you know, without even yeah. the opportunity to defend yourself properly. Yeah, you can Just end up with you an order of talking contempt. shit. Yeah, you're talking shit, you're trying to be cute, and next thing you know, you literally have an order of contempt. And yep. that's before we even get to your actual underlying charges. So the moral of the story is, uh, jurors, keep it cute. Yes. When you go into court, keep it cute. Another thing about trial decorum, I was talking to a lawyer friend about this, and we were laughing the other day. We had this older white man judge in Durham County, I forget his name, but... Mm -hmm. He would keep Dustin by the bench. Uh, you know, when you open your trash bag, I don't know if they still do this because, you know, I'm living a slightly different lifestyle to God be the glory. <laughs> but it used to be, <laughs> it used to be the trash bags, when you would open them up, they would have the, the, the plastic ties mm -hmm. to go around the bag. Okay. Mm -hmm. This judge would keep a box of those on the bench. Why? Because this was the height of sagging. Okay, this was like, you know, early to mid 2000s. Please don't tell me what I think you're about to tell me. Oh, I'm going to tell you exactly what you're thinking. And so when the extra saggers would approach the bench, he would not even speak or engage with them. Okay. He would say uh, to the lawyer, give your client this hefty tie and tie his fucking pants up. Oh, my God. And that's when I will hear the charges and we can do some business. But I'm not even doing business with you nor your client with them pants sagging below his ass. Wow. Okay, then. Hey, and guess what they did? Got to zip tie in them damn Got pants up. Got them pants up. Yeah. I mean, I'm serious. It was like daily daily practice, daily ritual. Hmm. And I say that to say to, to, to everybody listening. Y'all, don't, don't play in court. Honestly, though. Just don't play in court. 
it's mm-hmm. it's time to play. Play on Instagram. Play with your mama. Play on play TikTok. with your mama. Yes. Don't play in court. Seriously, it might not you work out for up, you. It likely won't. Like I actually think Judge Blackman. I think yeah. she's the release. I mean, excuse me, she's the release. I think in this case, Judge Blackman is the exception. Mm-hmm. I think to, if you run up against a, a Judge Blackman that would just smile and laugh your foolery off, you, you had a lucky day in court. Because most judges I know, and this goes for black judges too, and that's another thing, Jura. Don't think just because you roll up on a black judge, uh, your shit's going to be okay. Hell Shit. No. Shit. We used to do this thing. It's not, it's, it's, it's really not what we supposed to do, but it's called kind of called judge shopping where you, we'd open the door as defense lawyers and see who's on the bench. And if it was like certain judges, nah, we gonna, we gonna uh, table this for tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, no, we gonna try, we gonna try our chances tomorrow. I, I'm not feeling too good. Let me, let me come back tomorrow. And oftentimes Dustin, it would be a black judge. Man, that we would have to, because sometimes and listen, I'm this. I, I love to see a black judge. A black judge, nine out of ten times, um, is is going to be a, a credit to the race and a credit to the system. However, just as true with, with black cops, right? And this probably was the case with how we opened the show with those two officers in Atlanta. Sometimes when you are on that side of the justice system, um, the enforcing side, as a judge or a law enforcement person or a prosecutor. You are made to feel and or you erroneously take it upon yourself to overcompensate, okay? Yeah. Because you think because you're black, you're going to be seen as soft on crime or easy or somebody that people can just get over on if they're criminal. Yeah. So what you end up having is an overcorrection. And sometimes you get your most egregious uh, abuses of power, again, prosecutor, judge, or law enforcement from black folks on that side of the coin. So be yes. careful. Don't be playing in court. Don't 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 think. Oh, that's a sister on the bench. Shit, your ass getting contempt so damn fast. Real quick. Real Man. quick. Don't play yourself. Please. It's a little free jewelry. <laughs> okay. Man. So listen, with that, Dustin, I want to thank you, brother, for um, keeping it real, keeping it a buck each and every episode. Thank, thank you to you. all our listeners. Absolutely, y'all. Y'all know the vibes. This is big, and Dustin and I do. We read every single review, every we single sure comment. Do. I mean, listen, every Saturday, every Sunday night, I'm in my bathtub, in my Epsom salt bath, <laughs> drinking a Perrier, and I'm That's reading right. these reviews. I really am. And they mean so much. Both the, both the constructive ones, the complimentary ones, all of them. We do yeah. that. So, y'all, listen, go subscribe. Give us a review. Let us know what you think of each and every episode. Tell your friends. Tell your mama. Get the word out about Holden Core. And check out our episode notes because... Um, in many of our episodes we drop resource links because this yes. show we do a lot on this show we hope we entertain you we hope you inform you but we really also want to empower you and we do that by putting those episode links um, there for your for your consumption Holden Court comes to you from Uppity Productions in association with Dossie Media and presented by the Black Effect Network from iHeartRadio audio services provided by One of One Productions y'all check them out at oneofoneproductions.com as always join us again next week with court is back in session in the meantime wear your mask stay prayed up social distance keep the faith and dustin ross what you want the people to do read them terms and conditions and you know dustin they are reading them because they put them in in, in the reviews they are reading the terms terms and conditions all right y'all see you next week i hold the court love it start choosing start choosing start choosing